Okay, what I would like to know to do now is uh, to uh, derive this equation, which is the equation of the capital market line, uh, and uh, do it in, in such a way that we, we don't have to come back to it. We are going to be using it uh, in the next uh, slides. Okay, so the reasoning will be as follows. We are going to... Um, um, we are going to imagine composing a portfolio between uh, two assets, an arbitrary asset J, which has arbitrary characteristics represented by the point that you have on this diagram. Remember, we are into the standard deviation expected return space. And we are going to combine this asset J with the portfolio M, that is our market portfolio. Hmm? How do we do this? Uh, first of all, before I switch, I should say you that combining J and M, we are going, in a sense, to trace an efficient frontier. Right? You remember how we, how we composed an efficient frontier with two assets. Well, we are going to have a, a line that is the dotted line that you have uh, here. Right? It's an efficient frontier between these two assets, asset J and asset M, where obviously when we go beyond M in this area, we are shorting, uh, we are over-investing in M by shorting J. What's relevant now is simply that uh, we are composing, we are making a portfolio between uh, J and M, and our portfolio P will be thus, will have expected return, uh, which will be the weighted average of the return on M and the expected return on asset J. So our uh, notation is 1 minus alpha is invested in J, and alpha is invested in the market portfolio M. Mm -hmm. So the expected return of this portfolio will be alpha R bar M plus 1 minus alpha R bar J, and the variance of the portfolio will be alpha square sigma square of M plus 1 minus alpha square sigma square of J plus the covariance term between these two. Now, when we do that, by varying alpha, okay, we are going to trace an efficient frontier, if you want, a pseudo-efficient frontier. And uh, what we uh, are going to see, obviously, is that, first of all, it will go through J. That is the case where uh, alpha is equal to 0. And it goes through M. That is the case where alpha is uh, equal to, I am sorry, uh, yes, alpha is equal to 1. Hmm? Alpha is equal to 1, we invest all of it in M, and when alpha is equal to 0, we invest all of it in J. And we are tracing the locus that you have here. Let me trace it in green. Uh, we are actually tracing this line. It's sort of a pseudo-efficient frontier if we forget all of the other assets. Now, what we are going to argue is that this line that uh, I have traced in, in, in green and I can trace the other side here, that this line, that's the only thing, is tangent to the CML. Okay? It's tangent to the CML. Why is it tangent? Well, again, it touches it because it goes through M. And being meaning uh, asserting that it is tangent me simply means that it cannot go above the CML, okay? And that's it cannot be of this sort. If it's secant, it is going to go above, and there is no such point as a point above the CML. So it must be tangent to the capital market line. 
it cannot cross it must be tangent okay and that means that the slope of uh, this line which we are going to identify as the ratio of the differential r bar p over sigma p at alpha equal one is going to be equal to the slope of uh, the CML and the slope of the CML that we know from previous derivation is R bar M minus RF divided by sigma M. Okay? So the, uh, all we need to do is to compute this derivative of this ratio of differential and equate it to R bar M minus RF divided by sigma M and see what are the conclusions. This is what we do next. Uh, the uh, slope uh, the the object that we want to estimate is uh, the, this ratio of differential, and the way we are going to do it is going to take it as the ratio uh, between uh, the, di the total derivative of r bar p with respect to alpha and the total derivative of sigma p uh, with respect to alpha. Okay, So we are going to take this the total derivative as a ratio of two derivatives. The first one is easy to estimate. The derivative of r bar p with respect to alpha, if we go back to the previous slide, the derivative of r bar p with respect to alpha is obviously r bar m, because alpha comes in here, minus r bar j. Okay, so we have here r bar m minus r bar j is the uh, total derivative of r bar p with respect to alpha. The derivative of sigma p with respect to alpha is a little bit more complicated, but barely so, because what we have is an expression for sigma square p. Hmm? Okay, now we are simply going to argue that the differential of sigma square p is going to be equal to two times the differential of, of sigma p, and so, um, sorry, two sigma p times the, deriv uh, the differential of sigma p, so we have two sigma p, time the total differential of sigma p with respect to alpha. And again, if we look now in this expression, the derivative of the right-hand side with respect to alpha is going to be uh, 2 alpha sigma square m plus 2 1 minus alpha uh, sigma square j and plus uh, a term that corresponds to the covariance. And this is what we are going to have here. Okay, so we have the, the derivative only of the right-hand side with respect to alpha to 1 minus 2 alpha sigma, j, sigma, sigma jm. Okay, now when we do that, now remember we are going to multiply, uh, first of all, we are going to get rid of the 2 because we have 2 everywhere. Okay, and we are going to multiply it by sigma p before we take the ratio of uh, these uh, two terms in order to obtain what we want, the total differential of r bar p with respect to sigma p. And again, we have here r bar m minus rg multiplied by sigma p. This was the term that was left over on the left-hand side of d sigma p d alpha. And here I reproduce the term that we had over here, which was the differential of sigma p with respect to alpha uh, divided by sigma p. Okay. Now, what we have need to do now and is to estimate this differential at alpha equal 1. So we are going to replace all of these alpha by 1, okay? And you see that that will not affect the numerator. Uh, it will not, uh, but it will affect the denominator. 
we have one times sigma square m, which is here. The second term here is uh, eliminated because if alpha equal to one, that's equal to zero. And here we have minus two, one minus two, which is minus one sigma jm. The next and, and only little step is to observe that when alpha is equal to one, remember, sigma p is equal to sigma m because when alpha is equal to one, that's exactly when the portfolio is equal to m. So that's where we have sigma m over here. Now here, we are stating our initial proposition that the slope uh, of the locus that we have computed through this derivative is equal to the slope of the capital market line. Okay, now the rest is pure manipulation. We have uh, we can redistribute uh, the different terms that we had in this bottom uh, equation, so only the uh, right-hand side of that. And now we are uh, redistributing the term in order to uh, obtain uh, first an equation for the excess uh, return, or the expected excess return on the market for portfolio o minus Rj, which is equal to this term. and. Uh, a small permutation will enable us to go in three steps to the end expression, which is uh, the expression of the cap M. Uh, it is not, as I said at the beginning, the expression of the security of the capital market line. We start from the capital market line. This is the fundamental cap M equation. It tells us that the expected return on an arbitrary asset J is equal to the risk-free rate plus the excess return on the market relative to the risk-free rate multiplied by something that we will associate with the beta of the asset. <laughs>